You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Gist is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad, when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch for the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are here, the three of us, to talk more about Castle Rock Season 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, what do you... What do you think so far of Castle Rock season two or season one? Why did I see season two? Um, because you're so just what it feels, feels like. like we've already gotten that far into it. <laughs> and then we realized, whoa, we're like still have an extra episode to go. That was true, Stephen. When we went to go uh, watch the episodes tonight, I, I was I was dead set on the fact that we were going to watch episode nine and get get one step closer <laughs> to the end of this, and that it was episode eight. We were like, what is going on? Yeah, I, we're, we're experiencing time. Like, we've already been there. Oh, my God. Oh, no. The stuff that's happening to the show is definitely (laughs) affecting us in real life now. That's that's not good. I hear the schisma. (laughs) Well, I have tinnitus. I think there's Castle Rock theory confirmed. Oh, there you go. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so before we get to that, let's talk about some... uh, Geek news, and I think the biggest piece of geek news just happened while the Golden Globes are going as we are taping this episode. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has won the best animated film of the year. Super deserved. Beyond deserved. Give them two of them. This is very true. (laughs) Also, give them best single for that uh, Post Malone song. Yeah, Mitch loves that song. (laughs) I hate you. I hate you both. (laughs) <clears throat> no, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad. I think that, that right now, I mean, that movie's barely, it barely, it just recently made back its budget and everything financially. So I think them getting awards is one of the best possible cases, case scenarios for them. Like, I want them to get as much recognition as possible. And if they're not getting it monetarily, give them a little golden statue, I guess, at least. Dude, they earned it for just making it so colorful and refreshing. Looking. Agreed. So speaking about that, though, uh, box office wise, so it came in number four this past weekend in the box office, bringing in an extra thirteen million. Uh, nice for its domestic run. Its total gross domestically, though. Let me check. Uh, was somewhere. Was it fifty-two? No, one 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 thirty-eight million. I believe. See here. Uh, let's look up how much Aquaman has made. Uh, so Aquaman has now uh, eleven hours ago. It says it's Aquaman is now certain to cross one billion at worldwide box office. That's right, because they just hit or what, one billion nine hundred and forty million worldwide. So uh, domestically, it brought it. Aquaman brought in another thirty million this weekend, uh, bringing its domestic total up to two hundred fifty nine million. So, I mean. Aquaman's, Just keep swinging Spider-Verse. You'll get there. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Aquaman is getting all the all the publicity for how much money it's made, but Spider-Verse isn't really that far behind. I, I don't know how much how well it's doing globally, but at least domestically, it's it's about half of what um, uh, Aquaman's at. I mean, yeah, but then there's also the stuff for uh, Aquaman in China. What was it? It opened to 30,000 screens. That's true. 
That's, very that's insane. <laughs> I mean, that's the ex- exact reason why like it's doing so well here is because over in China they're getting, you know, these American movies for the first time, these giant spectacles and they're getting they basically everybody's going to see. They don't care if it's good or not. They're just getting to see these movies. So then it we get this we get this uh beforehand stuff saying, "Hey, it's made all this much money around the world already." So then as Americans we're like, "Well, fuck them. We're not going to be left <laughs> behind. We're going to go see this movie in droves too." So I I want to see that I want to see that that freaking Cal Drogo man in the water. <laughs> Conan, you know, the new Conan. <laughs> He's going to be in <laughs> in the water. <laughs> is a most remembered role yeah so exactly. I don't go down in history as yeah, he shall always be known as conan <laughs> <laughs> and the only conan uh, <laughs> you're not wrong so <laughs> what is it uh we've already talked we talked about how much we dis not well actually you didn't get to say it last week Stephen. how much did you dislike aquaman oh it's real bad it's a poopy doo-doo trash monster movie <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. We're going to wrap up the episode right there with Poopy Duty. <laughs> put, put it on the slipcover for the movie. Poopy Duty Trash Monster Movie. Stephen Clark, Steve Geekly Geek Media. Geekly Media. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm okay with this. It's going to go right there on the poster. I laughed out loud in that movie, guys. Did you? I did. What part? When they were coming out of the water and the Africa cover was playing, <laughs> I burst out laughing. I, I, I'm almost positive that's not the reaction they wanted you to have. I, I I mean I don't know. Well, what do they James expect Wan. when they put Pitbull covering an '80s like cheese song like that? Like, why? Who thought this was a good idea? Why not and just play not the even, original? It's not even there for a long time. Most people, when we talked about it afterwards, people in the in the theater with us didn't even realize that it was that song. That's true. But I digress. It's not even the best remake of that song this year. <laughs> I, that's fair. I mean, the, to give it, I, I, unfortunately, I wouldn't saw it a second time, but. To give it, uh, you're supposed. You're the problem. I'm not the problem. Someone else bought my ticket. I didn't put any more money they into this. They still got the money. Though. They did. Yeah. Doesn't money. matter. Who's. Look, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I, someone else wanted me to go see it with them. I went and saw it. They paid for my ticket. Anyways, uh, it's it's he's just doing rapping. They actually have the actual you know Toto singing the, the Africa part. So he's That's just less like of an invited guest on, on the cover he's doing. <laughs> he's, yes, exactly. <laughs> As Toto featuring Pitbull. <laughs> At least it's not Pitbull featuring Toto. I would prefer that. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So then what was uh, something that you wanted to talk about, John? I have a story here that says that rumors are milling about that Zombieland 2, which is, uh, I think, currently wrapping production, in production. They're filming. They're doing something with Zombieland 2. I really enjoyed this movie, and one of the surprise uh, turns in this movie was a guest appearance by Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he was totally embracing his celebrityness because he was willing to do Ghostbusters in it, which he hates, but he knows how much people love that. So they managed to get him to do it, and he did it. Well, they're going to go a step further, possibly, in the next one, and they're going to bring back not just Bill Murray who, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen a, like, eight-year-old movie, uh, he was killed in the movie by accident. And uh, now they're going to find a way to bring him back, apparently, and Dan Aykroyd. So it's going to be a mini Ghostbusters reunion in Zombieland with one of the characters. Do you think that he'll actually be in the movie in the movie? Or will he be, like, some kind of, like, fringe thing where he's, like, on TV or something like that? I actually have a theory. Now, I explained Ooh. this to Mitch, and I want to know if he can like eloquently uh, repeat it, what I told him about this. <laughs> your theory, Okay, so your theory is that uh, Zombieland could have the same rules as, as Walking Dead, where even if you haven't been bitten by a zombie, if you die, you become a zombie? The opposite. Oh, I said okay. that the Zombieland so, doesn't have the rule where if you die, you become a zombie regardless. You have to be infected. So then when he was shot by uh, Emma, 
No. Was it Emma Stone? It was Jesse Eisenberg. It was Jesse Eisenberg. That's right. Jesse Eisenberg shoots him. They throw him over the balcony with the inside the rug. He then gets bitten by a zombie and then gets resurrected. Yes. Because he was already okay. dead when, when he got bitten. <laughs> See, you have to get bitten while you're alive to turn into a zombie. Okay. But if you're already dead and a zombie makes the mistake of killing you... Of biting you? Of biting you, yes. Of killing you when you're dead. <laughs> He'll <laughs> actually do the opposite. Oh. and ki- like It'll be like jumpstart to the body. <laughs> I'm going to say that's not how that works. That'd be the craziest version of Crank. <laughs> <laughs> so did you watch the movie uh, Daybreak? Or Daybreakers with um, no. with uh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Hawk. Yeah, that's right. Ethan Hawke. It's a vampire movie. And Willem Dafoe also. Is that the one what? that takes... Oh, wait. Yeah, I know which one this so is. So it's in the world. It's a post... I don't know if it's post-apocalyptic or not, but it's in a world where everybody has become a zombie it's or dy- a vampire now. Dystopian, yeah. Dystopian, yeah. Dystopian future where everybody's become a vampire. Well, uh, spoiler alert for a 10-plus-year-old movie, but... Uh, the way that they, you can you can reverse vampirism is that you become a human after becoming a vampire by being bombarded with UV rays, and then you let a vampire bite you, and they become a human again. What? <laughs> well, so what happens to the vampire that took all the UV rays? Oh, they, they become a human. Both of them do? Yes. So you have to do it as partners. No, no, no! You, you, you're essentially you. You become a human again after being bombarded with all the UV rays, and then you become a a, a a terror cell. I guess you're essentially a bomb. You walk into the middle of a a crowd, and then the uh, someone in the crowd bites you because they're a vampire and you're a human, and then they, not unknowingly they become the new uh, a, a human now. So it's like a human a wa- or a walking. It's like a like virus. Vaccine or something? Yeah, it's a vaccine. There you go. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't use use explain things, and I feel like I understood what you explained, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. These at all. are words, but they don't code like in the order that they I use them. They don't make any sense. Yes. I understand, but that's not that movie. Why was, was that money or that that money that movie popular? Was it popular? I feel like nobody knows that movie. I, I people, remember people it. rented it a lot in the store that I worked at. Yeah, but see, that's that's renting like. People will rent anything that's horror at all. Like that's uh, that's true. That is definitely true. true. Yeah, that's something I learned working in a movie rental place too. Is like if it's if it has any chance of being a horror movie, they're gonna rent it. Like they might not even remember it, but they'll rent it. That sounds terrible. You horror fans are stupid. You heard me, Ty. This is true. That's right. (laughs) Did you ever watch? Hey, I resent that remark. (laughs) Did you ever watch Ultraviolet? You also resemble that remark. (laughs) Yes, I have seen Uh, Ultraviolet. Yeah, that one I didn't even figure out that it was supposed to be vampires until like (laughs) ten minutes before the movie was over. That movie was supposed to be vampires. Yes, (laughs) They they were super powered vampires apparently, but they cut out some of the subplots so. Until very late in the movie, you didn't realize that they were supposed to be vampires, and then somebody t- is talking, and they have fangs. <laughs> Look, I liked I liked um, Equilibrium. That was like I one of my favorite, f- favorite movies of that year. So when Ultraviolet came out, I was like, okay, I gotta watch this. I gotta enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to watch a movie that looks like you're you're having an acid trip and also suffer from cataracts at the same time, yeah, it's Beyond fantastic. The Black Rainbow. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one though. <laughs> yeah, that does it the right way. This makes you want to like puncture your eyeballs with needles just to fix it. Yes. <laughs> well, you should listen. Anybody who hasn't listened to it, they should listen to the "How Did This Get Made" for Ultraviolet. They 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 do a really good job of summing up that movie. Can Can I pitch that guy from that podcast and from Brooklyn Nine Nine and everything? Can he be New Wolverine? You want Jason Manzukis to be the new Wolverine? I'm for it. I, that's all <laughs> I have to say. It'd be great. It. Just imagine it. Crazy eyes <laughs> <as> Wolverine. <laughs> He was also in Good Place. You you're watching that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was a uh, Derek. Derek, <laughs> <laughs> not a man. <laughs> uh, Times where my sport, my parts are supposed to be. Chimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are are you done? So it's Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray going to show up in Zombieland? Potentially coming back. Yeah. Cool. Uh, hmm. Over at the sequel for. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. They have now added Danny DeVito and Aquafina to the cast. Huh. Yeah. 
Is it's this is where they bring the Jumanji and Jungle to Jungle universes together. Was was Danny DeVito in Jungle to Jungle? No, it's oh. just a sequel to Jungle. Jungle Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Jumanji, welcome to the Jungle to Jungle. Oh, I like it. Tim Allen's gonna be in there somewhere. It'd be great. <laughs> was that the one was with it? the little Tarzan kit? Yeah. Yeah, it's Mimi Siku. It's uh <laughs> Sam Huntington actually he played oh. Jimmy Olsen in the that's right. Superman re- or Superman Returns movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I re- I went and saw Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. I, I thought it was okay. It's it's not. I didn't think it was as special. It, it kind of made a whole bunch of money for Sony that year. Yeah. Like it was surprising how how good legs it had. But then again, I was never a really big fan of the first Jumanji, so I felt like it was just on par for me. Even with really, the, that with, movie felt the same as the first Jumanji for you. Yes, it really did. Huh? I guess I, I was a kid when it came out. So, I mean, I feel like I was a kid too. Yeah, but I mean, like you would have been, you would have seen more movies than me at uh, that at that time. That's true. I mean, I'm what I'm almost ten years older than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Ouch. Yeah, it, time time marches on. Yeah, exactly. When when <laughs> when we get twenty years from now, the ten years old is not going to make a difference. Yeah, That's so true. we can get we can get married and not have to worry about it. Well, hopefully by then the wall will be erected, so I'll feel very secure with my Jesus. missing uh, pension funds and non-existent uh, social security. <laughs> That's okay. But ten years, twenty years 20. from now, we're all going to be like fighting over cans of tuna, anyways. It's just going to be Mad Max, Book of Eli world. So nah, you guys can have your tuna. <laughs> I'll yeah, be over here on the side, just growing like an air fern. Let's see, let's see, let's see how you do, vegan, in the new world. <laughs> well, if he eats other vegans, then maybe that's how he can survive. Does that mm-hmm. count? I think so. I, I mean, I don't make the rules; I just enforce them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I, I think it's an interesting one that they that they did decide to go ahead with the sequel. Um, it like the amount of money that it made certainly justifies it for Sony, right? Uh, I I don't think that they dive in on. Like they have a history of diving in on sequels for things that are successful, so yeah. but it's just interesting to see us uh, like a sequel for a remake. <laughs> well, that's the w- one. It's thing, happened. You no, know, that's still. true. Yeah, the one thing I th- I find real weird about is that they're obviously going to stick with the video game motif and the Rock character because he's the Rock. Why wouldn't you bring him back for a sequel? But like between jumanji and jumanji welcome to the jungle we went from board game to video game so i feel mm-hmm. like the next movie should have yet another jump do you think that's a smart decision for them do no. you think they're just gonna, they're gonna cap it at two there's no way they're gonna do a third right well, oh no they, if well if the, the second one does well enough if you, and by the second one you mean jumanji welcome to the jungle too right mm-hmm. yeah i would assume they would do a third one and I bet you The Rock has already signed on for three films. So, <laughs> so what comes after films? An, like a eight bit video game? I guess. I guess the next thing you'd have to do is virtual reality, right? I, I suppose. I guess. Or AR. I could see them doing AR. I mean, it's it's a strong possibility. I don't know. I think it'd be cool if they did take it back to board games. Oh, I would love it for to go back to board games because that's kind yeah. of where we're at. We we've kind of gone the circle as a community to back to going into board games like tabletop gaming is, is a huge thing it should be an app-based game like the werewolf thing oh, that we <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like a like a straight up paper and pencil dungeons and dragons rpg game like i think that'd be kind of interesting not, it's not a bad plan i mean that's that's where we're at in pop culture stuff people definitely love it and for more of that kind of thing you can find me every friday night on twitch.tv slash mod 20 gaming that's a two and a zero in the middle Thank you so much. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about Aquafina though being Aquafina and Danny DeVito? Like I, I honestly I I do I don't care for Aquafina. I think she's kind of a, a one-note actress in the things that I've seen her in, so I've only seen her in the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians and that's it. I've never seen her <laughs> in anything else. So that's all I know her from. She looks like she's a quirky character actor, comedian person. I think she is a comedian uh, or stand-up. Um, she was in uh, Ocean's Eight with Sandra Bullock. They didn't watch last it last year, and then also Crazy Rich Asians. They didn't watch it. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, we lost your audio, so I don't know if you're saying anything. 
Sorry about that. Okay. Um, I have no strong feelings one way or another. I like the Danny DeVito's there, but hmm? yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Danny DeVito, right? True. Yes. And did you watch the recent edit of the Hey uh, Detective Pikachu trailer with uh, all the voices redubbed by Danny DeVito audio clips from other things? I think mostly from Sunny. That was that was who everyone wanted to be the voice of Danny, or of Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. That really? sounds uh-huh. horrible. It would have been so good. I, I don't know why they couldn't just get a voice that sounds like what he sounds like when he says Pikachu. Like, why do they have to go completely the opposite and make it sound like masculine and everything? Like, why couldn't well, it just be? I feel like in, you just have an in, inferiority in, in, in complex game. to Ryan Reynolds or something. In the in the game, he's supposed to have like a deeper voice. Ah. Uh. See, have you been playing the Detective Pikachu game, John? I have not. Well, there you go. It'll probably be a while before I can afford one of these new fancy current gen systems. <laughs> I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a console game, right? Isn't it a handheld game? Isn't it? Oh uh, yes, yeah. it's it's a it's a 3ds game, if I remember correctly. Oh well, still it's out of my price range. Okay, <laughs> still expensive. Did you have a, a news article that you wanted to talk about, Stephen? No, I, I don't have anything. You didn't have anything. I didn't bring it to the table. I'm so yeah. sorry. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I wanted to talk about Luke Cage was uh, interviewed by or Luke Cage, Michael Coulter, who plays Luke Cage on Netflix. <laughs> Luke Cage. Is Luke, Luke Cage, Cage. was uh, yes, he is very much just Luke Cage. Well, was interviewed by comicbook.com, uh, and I, at some point, I guess they asked him if he was going to show up in Avengers Endgame, and his quote was, "No, that's silly." <laughs> no, he said. Nah, man. He said, "Am I in Avengers Endgame? Well, you know what? Based on based off what happened, I'm already dead. The snap has already happened with Luke Cage. We're dead. We're already gone. I hate to break it down, break people's, but no, no, we're not. So, I mean, headlines are going going with, oh, Luke Cage is, was was eliminated by the snap." by the Thanos snap. It's like, that's not exactly what he's saying. He's being tongue in cheek because, uh, Netflix went ahead and canceled the show, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that as opposed to the idea of like, no, we just got canceled because Disney is launching a streaming service and Netflix got grumpy. I mean, yeah, that's, it's a better narrative, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they should have ended like their season or maybe, spend a little bit of extra cash and just edit it them dissolving in like the last scene that they're in for <laughs> I'm sure there's some fan edit out there where the last scene of Luke Cage which I believe is him standing at uh Harlan's Paradise looking over the balcony over like in the um the dance floor it's like literally him he, you could just see him fluttering away <laughs> I, I, we we can do this that's not even a hard edit we got this <laughs> uh what if they did like what if Netflix did like a two hour movie like after Avengers Endgame where every like all the Netflix defenders, so to speak, came together for one last movie to defeat one last bad guy and they all they all talk about the effects of, of being dusted. Hmm. I mean it like I can see the logo already. It would just be the Defenders logo, but then all of the other letters would be ripped away except for end. Ooh, Uh-oh. see? Look at that. <laughs> that's a that's free money for you right there netflix get at me <laughs> and let's i have a pitch for a reboot for uh the golden child if you guys want to hear it also <laughs> get at me netflix <laughs> so i mean in this this pitch do you bring back eddie murphy or eddie murphy's character know. that's that's the question there really is i, I want it to be Donald glover so it could it could be like eddie murphy's characters which i i'm sure you know the 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 title character's name or the Handler Gerald. There you go. <laughs> uh, his kid played by Donald Glover. Maybe. I don't know. I wait. I, I'm not going to tell you guys here. Oh, okay. Get at me, Netflix. All right. Get at him. <laughs> Steven versus at gmail.com. <laughs> Hashtag Netflix. <laughs> uh, all right. CW uh, with the success of Elseworlds has went ahead and uh, greenlit the pilot for Batwoman. It gets a f- official pilot order and director. Do you want to know who the director is? Yes. So do I. Just give me a second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope it's somebody good. <clears throat> I didn't know that it was up in the air. I know that they had cast her and everything, but I didn't. I assumed that that was actually to do something substantial. I don't I, feel like anyone really makes moves on a plan and announces it without 
already having stuff in mind. I don't. I think they that they were definitely like, hey, if if people like her enough, we're gonna make it into a, a TV show for her. But I don't think anything was official. Official. Hmm. Because I mean, I think the last time that I heard about something with a superhero property that got something shot and put together with it with costume designs and an actor attached that didn't go forward was like that Wonder Woman show. That's true. And that that definitely did happen. So did the Aquaman show from CW. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, Justin Hartley, who ended up playing um, Green Arrow in Smallville, was cast as Aquaman on the CW the same time that Smallville was going on. Hmm. So we got, uh, according to TV Line, the network officially ordered a a pilot episode for the Batwoman series starring Ruby Rose. The show will be in contention for the 2019-2020 television season. David Nutter, Arrow and Flash, will direct direct with Caroline Dries, uh, I guess from the Vampire Diaries, writing the script. So David Nutter is going to be the director for the first episode. Hmm. I mean, he's obviously already a part of the CWDC universe like family. So having him be the the, for, the director for the pilot episode probably makes a, makes a lot of sense. He's got to bring some of that nutter butter. You had it's to true. say it. Yeah, you had to say it. <laughs> I was searching for the pun there, and I didn't find it. I'm proud of you. Now, did you watch the the Elseworlds uh, crossover, Stephen? I still haven't watched it. Yeah, I, I watched cut it. that one thing together just by scrolling through it to catch the commercial breaks. And and John, I assume you didn't watch it. I just watch clips on YouTube, like the highlights. So, did either one of you happen to see clips or or anything with uh, Ruby Rose as Batwoman as as Kate Kane? Yes. Yeah, just a tiny little bit. Yeah. And how did you feel about her? The little bit that you saw. I it, she looks weird for it, but. At the same time, I think I'm up for it because I, I feel like it, this gets us a little bit closer to a Batman Beyond show, and I want that really bad. It, to me, it looks like ass. It looks like ass. Yes, it looks ridiculous. The hair's <laughs> stupid. The, the the cowl, the face it makes. Her body's just not suited for it. It just looks ridiculous. So I'm like, this is what happens when you try to like try to be like, you know, honor the translation, make it as comic accurate as possible. And it just looks ridiculous because things that are on the page don't often translate in three dimensions the way you think they should. It isn't just looks isn't that kind of the place that we're at with the suits right now? Though also, I think this season of The Flash with that stupid, the, the cowl the way that it is, like, that's a misstep. That cowl looks horrible. Yeah. It's because it doesn't have a chin. Now, does yeah, why, why do they do that? Yeah, doesn't the one in the comic book have a chin? Yes, I believe so. So why would they make it no chin in the show? It looks horrible. I don't know, man. And they made it. It's so skinny. It's so tight. Like, why didn't they give Stephen Amell his own suit? Why did they just make him wear <laughs> Grant Gustin's suit in that show, in the crossover? Yeah, that part looks really ridiculous when he, they have a... I swear he probably almost died from suffocation. No, that's the... I know that's the original suit from the right. show, but, like, what about from the actual comic book character? Oh, the comic book one. Uh, I, I, I that stuff varies. Sometimes he has like a little bit more of a mouth gap. Sometimes it's like full chin that's exposed. Uh, sometimes it's even less than that. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, just without the without the chin, it just looks horrible. So yeah, in most versions, it looks like he's got like a little bit of a chin strap thing. But no, there are some versions that, um, like this one here, that is completely chinless, and that does look kind of weird. Oh, it is completely chinless, and that's. Kind of the area era that I would have watched or read Flash too, so that's weird that I'm very upset by the the but, one that's I mean, in the it's show. Different. It's different. It's different seeing it in so person. It yeah. really depends. Yeah, well, that's Rebirth, so that makes sense because they would have they would have done it with the the version that you saw on TV. They realized mm-hmm. that a lack of chin is just a like a tactically disadvantageous <laughs> move. <laughs> He's got a glass jaw, people. Get him! Get him! <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, the. I, to me personally, Ruby Rose, I just don't think is uh, a terribly good actress. Um, that too. The, the things that I've seen her in were like John Wick 2. Uh, Megalodon. Tri- I didn't see Megalodon, or The Meg, but I did see Triple X, <clears throat> Return of Xander Cage, which... Xander Cage. Pitch Perfect 3. Was she in Pitch Perfect 3? Yeah, she was. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, she's part of the band, huh? Yeah. The band that they're like, oh, you guys are, you guys do they have instruments. That's weird. Yeah. But then uh, also, uh, was it, I didn't watch her in 
Orange is the New Black. By the time she showed up in Orange is the New Black, I'd already stopped watching that show. Oh, yeah. Well, you won't be looking at her face that much in her scenes. Oh, does she just get naked a lot? Pretty much. Like everybody else in the show? Yeah. Okay. What? On Orange is the New Black? <laughs> I can't believe it. What? It's prison. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be a convent. <laughs> so, yeah, I just never thought that convict. she was that great of an actress. And in the crossover, she just she doesn't really blow you away. Like... I think Stephen Amell was pretty weak coming in as as Arrow in the beginning, but he's definitely found his stride. But Grant mm-hmm. Gustin came in as Barry and blew it away. So yeah, I think, he killed it. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, I think uh, I can't think of the actor who plays Black Lightning, but he's doing a good job. Um, Jefferson something. Jefferson Pierce is the name of the character. <laughs> Luke Cage. <laughs> That's right. Luke Cage. I'm telling you, these, these people are their characters, man. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, everybody that's over on, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, it's just great. Oh, and, and, uh, Melissa Benoist definitely does a great job as Supergirl. Ooh, I think she came yeah. in. For sure. So. Yeah, she, she's, she was perfect casting. <laughs> Why do you have she's to She's like exactly like sexual. the Disney kid what? kind of person that you need for that. Did you just call Melissa Benoist a Disney kind of person? Dude, she is. She's like, she's like a Disney princess that is real. You know, okay. it's not my fault that her last name rhymes with moist, Okay. Oh my god! It just happens. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna go ahead and start talking about Castle Rock season two, <laughs> episode eight. That's your week in pop culture news. <laughs> Play us out. <laughs> so this episode is called Past Perfect, and do we really see anything that had to do with the past? Um, yeah. Couple, yeah. Yeah. Well. <sighs> So we were discussing this and my frustration with the the whole mystery box way that this show is being handled. We had some major revelations about things that happened in the past that are just mentioned in one sentence and then they move on. Primarily, and we're going to go out of order here because I don't even want to bother recapping like this thing in like the order that it was displayed in. Was there an order? Yes. <laughs> the kid just says to Henry Deaver, which I guess technically is in the beginning, um. Yeah, like I got you out of that basement, and I've been waiting for you for twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven mm-hmm. years. That's that. That's your confirmation for the time, though. Yes. Yeah, but also twenty-seven years. Well, yeah. That's it, it reference. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But like, what the hell? What's that supposed to mean? Like, did Lacey lock up Henry, or is there some kind of metaphor here that we're missing? Like, what? And that that's that's all they say. They just leave it at that. So so in this discussion <laughs> or in this piece of dialogue we find out that henry was locked in a basement at some point mm-hmm. which we haven't seen yet and or, or is, is that right is that what he said he said he got him out of the basement right yeah okay. and we don't you know see, if you he see meant... a flashback with him with the screwdriver yeah and presumably to go free him and that reminds me of something else too that we'll have to come back to in a minute but um yeah and and then we assume or at least i think he assumes henry that he meant the basement for Lacey's house because uh in a different part of the episode we find out that i guess Lacey's widow just straight up left the whole place like with everything in it pretty much mm-hmm. and including i guess the key for the basement which was a plot point in, in the episode and the basement was loaded with painting Loaded. after painting <laughs> of the kid. Mm-hmm. It was weird. There was like the sad clown version of him. And <laughs> little Pietro Crispy. Yeah, there was like a like a Salvador Dali-ish one and like a couple of uh, Picassos in there of the kid. And I'm like, who, what, how, why? I have serious questions about that because that was a lot of rendering styles that were in there. So either that dude just did all the things himself and he was a phenomenal artist capable of doing so many different styles <laughs> or motherfucker had a like an art class in there just observing this kid in the cage looking real sad look you cannot put uh warden lacy into a box thinking that he doesn't understand he didn't take a bunch of art appreciation classes and knows oh. All we do in the show is put people in boxes. That's I can put true. everyone in a box. Everybody, everybody, everybody in a box. Maybe there was some kind of underground like artistry thing going on where he was basically pimping out the kid for like dude modeling and like all these like underground artists came in to practice on the kid. And that's I don't that's like why that he... idea <laughs> I don't like that at all. So, okay, what if we know that Lacey says 
earlier in the show says, uh, I built a cage to catch the devil, right? Essentially, is what he said. Basically. So if he he thought that he caught the devil, but what actually happened is he caught young Henry Deaver. (laughs) And then the kid came and let Henry Deaver out, and he got put in, and that's who Lacey thought he caught. Like, he never knew that the Henry Deaver was in the cage at one point. So he just set up, like, a devil trap, and Henry Deaver was the first thing that he caught? <laughs> well, Henry Deaver is the devil. And then, yes, he got caught in there. And uh, Bill Sarsgaard, the kid, came down, because I still say that he's an angel, came down and let him out and put himself in there so that uh, Lacey thought that he had, a, ah. he, had the, he had caught the devil. I'm starting to see some of that black and white contrast that John Locke was talking about. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, in in looking stuff up, um, so I, I'm recording this one remotely. Like I'm I'm not there with the other two guys. Right. Um, so what? I got to watch this one a little Why bit you differently. Ruin the magic, <laughs> the magic of the internet. Um, so while I was watching it, uh, I got to go back and forth and look up a few different things for uh, observations, um, some Easter eggs, and some different stuff like that. Uh, and so there's one scene in there in in one of the paintings and one of the flashbacks where the the kid is shown in a sweater that Henry is shown in also. Oh. So there there's two conclusions that you can take from this. Most people seem to have focused on one, that Henry and the kid are uh, essentially alternate dimension versions of the same person. Wow. Uh, and there's a, there's a few other things to back that up. There's also the distinct possibility that he just got a shirt from like the Goodwill. <laughs> that's the like, one. Oakham's yeah. Racer would say it, that's probably the most. Uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. I, I think the, <laughs> I, actually, I think Ackman's Razor would be like, oh, uh, the wardrobe department didn't want to go get another kid-sized sweater, so they just threw the same sweater. On well, it. in actuality, I think more what this sounds like is if we follow the example of um, uh, what's her name. Jackie? Jack, not Jack, the other one. Oh, Molly. Molly. Molly, yes. If we follow the ideas of some of the things that we've seen her doing, we've seen her, she had one of Henry Deaver's like flannel shirts at some point, which she was holding as a memento. Um, and then in a couple of flashbacks, it seems like she's wearing clothes that's not actually hers. So what if <clears throat> seeing somebody wearing a, a shirt or a sweater that's not theirs or somebody else was seen wearing also is just a representation of, oh, in, in this scene, this person's actually being controlled or possessed by this other person? I mean, it's fair. That could be We've definitely seen plenty of body switching. Um, that would feed into the idea of what we saw later with the visuals with Molly, uh, where she was, and this is jumping ahead, sorry. That's fine. Um, for the visual of her having been dead, in there yes and that was another one of those things that they just mentioned and that's where it just ended like what the hell yeah that definitely pissed me off the ending of the episode where uh the kid or i I don't want to call him the kid anymore so i'm just gonna call him bill skarsgård yeah he he straight up tells her like this is where i found you this is where you were dead kind of thing or that's where i found i found you in the woods dead and and she's like what are you talking about and that's it it just ended and i was like well crap we actually got something interesting to have me and it didn't the, happen. There's a piece of that stuff that uh, that we can look at to kind of inform how we interpret that scene also. Okay. Um, so uh, I guess in uh, – and this this does check out in my mind, in my recollection, where every time that it's snowing outside, it's essentially a dream. Oh. Cause and yeah. it is snowing when they're having that conversation. And, that and she's weird. also wearing different clothes from also, what she was wearing earlier on. Also, we've seen – well, this goes back to my theory earlier of – when she went to go kill Henry Deaver's father, I said mm-hmm. it wasn't actually her. It was her in Henry's body, and Henry was the one that was doing it. So that's fair. If this could be her, this could be the kid talking to Henry right now. Oh, that's true. Because it's true. we have figured out that she experiences things that Henry is experiencing, mm-hmm. and we know that Henry was dead, or not dead, but out in the woods. Or lost out in the woods or whatever. So, once again, like I said originally, Henry did die. Someone buried him in the pet cemetery. He came back and he, he came back <laughs> no, evil. He, he, he was bitten by a zombie and it resurrected him. 
He was Bill Murray. <laughs> he was Bill Murray. <laughs> Ultimate plot twist. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of different ways to look at it. That could have been her being dead from whatever this other alternate universe is that mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård is from, if he is indeed also Henry. You or know? what if this is one of those time displacement things that uh, the mom keeps experiencing, and he's talking in past tense about something that's going to happen in the future. Ooh, that's pretty good, too. That is possible. Um, there's also some other time stuff that is possible in here. So I'm kind of wondering if this town is kind of like a time loop. Uh, bad things will always happen here. Bad things come from here. Bad things die here. Every 27 years. Every 27 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because uh, th- so there's the name of that of that professor guy, mm-hmm. the one who does all the murders and starts the whole um, like murder BNB. The murder BNB. <laughs> uh, like he. Uh, it seems like he could have possibly been the kid from that weird happy birthday murder scene. Oh. Like, that could have been him. That would be interesting. Because the names fit. What was the names? It's like Jordy or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Georgie? Yeah. Jordy? Georgie, that was the one. Yeah. With Georgie, like, from It? Like, the, basically, the kid? yeah. Oh. So... Yeah, that that'd be interesting if if he he came back to his hometown and is going is you know once again all this shit's happening. Now mm-hmm. I felt it was kind of weird that they introduced a, a plot point about the doctor and his wife that they don't seem to have revisited again. Like it it seemed to have been very minimally involved in their story, but we get in his introduction it's like some kind of flashback. And I mean, we've seen this couple before. They were like in the second or third episode. Kind right, of when they were buying the house from Molly. Right. And um, so now we get a little bit of backstory. And it turns out that he's a very distinguished professor of some kind or psychiatrist or something. And he's talking to someone else about some research. And uh, it's a really kind of like overly of uh, like flowery cycle cycle babble conversation they're having yeah they're talking about some bullshit in there yeah they're throwing around a lot of terms and then uh the the like the doctor guy just stands up and then says you well you forgot one thing the part where you're fucking my wife and starts smacking them in the face with like a manuscript or something (laughs) and i'm like what is happening and then we hard cut to well now they're traveling to castle rock and yeah now they're moving all their stuff to castle rock i mean i would have to assume that's the reason why they're moving to castle rock is because they got way too overstressed and he you know he attacked one of his colleagues or students or whatever that guy was supposed to be uh whether or not that person was actually sleeping with his wife or not is irrelevant because he stayed with his wife yeah and you can tell that the the relationship is a little tense but she seems to be trying to make the effort to kind of make it work or something and he's just kind uh, yeah. of distant and off <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> they, they, she she tries to understand and participate in his interests yes she's very accommodating however i think you said that it, it we got that little bit of backstory and it didn't pay off i think it does pay off because their first two uh lodgers for their their B and B are two people that are cheating cheating on their spouses. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. adulterers. Yeah. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of pent up anger that's going to come out if he, uh, you know, they were, you know, his wife had an affair. Typical snowflake getting triggered. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the the their first two customers at their macabre Airbnb or their their macabre B and B. Macabre B and B is good. Okay. We should have Ja Rule come and host it and call it Murder Inc. <laughs> Actually, Murder. <laughs> when they were talking to Molly originally about buying the place, they asked if the all the furniture would stay, right? The artwork. Because he wanted... Oh, the artwork. That's what he wanted. But did they know that all those mannequins were going to be in there? Or did they bring those they mannequins? They brought those. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, okay. I must have missed that Well, word. at first they thought it was like, okay, this dude's a doctor. Because I only you only see like the upper torso when they first take it out. I just assumed, oh, like this must be like one of his medical, you know, uh, like anatomy statues or something. Right. You know, that you'd see like in a doctor's office. And no, it turns out it was a full on mannequin because you see him assembling it and it's got like the arms and legs and it's like something you'd find in a department store. And then later you see him painting it and you're not really sure what's going on. And then when you see it again, when it's fully completed, 
It's got an axe in the top of its head. <laughs> and it Which goes, is interesting for later. Yes, Very interesting. It's, it, it ties so many things together. So, um, and that's another thing I mentioned to Mitch. I was like, Mitch, if this episode is trying to make me feel uneasy this whole time, it's doing it effectively because <laughs> even the subtitles would tell you that eerie looping sounds were playing in the background. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay, that's intentional then. So yeah, John was was talking about how like the the audio editing and the the soundtrack and the or the score and like this just the pictures in general were kind of making him uneasy like queasy almost right yeah like disorienting did were you getting yeah disorienting that's great did did you get the same steven i mean not that i felt but i don't i don't know i don't know if it just like i was like pulling it apart in a different way maybe and so i wasn't paying attention to it in the same way i would say i wouldn't say it was disorienting me but the the music itself with the the loop that it was on yeah it did it did affect me so i think it was i mean it was obviously very intentional and i think it did yeah it did what it was supposed to yeah and there's a few scenes where the characters are experiencing intense physical discomfort as well you have uh henry deaver's son son. yeah he starts having a tinnitus attack um in in a bus ride after After a pigeon hits it after the bird, yeah, the the bird hits it. Yeah, the bird just commits uh, kamikaze on the windshield of the bus, and his ears just start ringing like crazy. And um, I guess the visions start getting really strong for Molly because she's she's kind of feeling where Henry is, and she tries to take some of those Adderalls or something to try to like kill it a little. Mm-hmm. But as she's driving, she looks like she's driving drunk. She's kind of swerving back and forth, and at the same time, intercutting with all these really disorienting quick cuts it reminded me of like david lynch's lost highway oh maybe that's where she died maybe she died right there yeah. like she drove that's her the car. question yeah but that's the thing she's wearing different clothes than that oh. in the part where she's dead oh so maybe she's a spirit now something i don't know so does that make does that make him the grim reaper like he's taking people to the net to the next place that's why he's, he was at that that birthday party where people got Axe that was or killed. Well, that was my that was my theory floated theories. before. Yeah, yeah. I said he could be death incarnate. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. But, See, John uh, knew. Yeah, I could feel so it. So then, for that twenty-seven <laughs> years that he was he was in there, no one died. Not the that people no one died, died, but there was no like crazy death. Yeah, we were talking about how death wasn't functioning properly. Like, remember they dug up that body and the oh, dog yeah. was still fully formed but then they dug up the dad and he liquefied like in one day so like, <laughs> yeah. things have been running amok ever since he's been released <laughs> well, that's is crazy so yeah maybe he's, he's he's helping her cross over cause she crashed her car which I mean, would be he, he does say that, that what, what, no he says that she can help him oh okay and she, she says that she knows him well he says that she, she knows him yeah mm-hmm. And like we get a little bit more information about what happened at the Juniper Hills, right? Yeah, uh, there was yeah there was another radio thing too, where they're talking about Juniper Hill. A bunch of people just set their mattresses on fire suddenly. <laughs> we people like all these mental patients with no history of arson just decided to light up. Yes, because as we learned in Bird Box, anybody that's watched that, <laughs> people who have uh, mental issues have a different experience when they come come towards a. Uh, otherworldly things oh is that what that's about i've been trying to piece what the, all these memes are about <laughs> that's one part of the movie so if you see something cthulhu like then like and if you have me- mental issues you don't want to kill yourself you want everybody to to experience it ah so you huh. want to make others see it yes oh i'd be one of those that's why in one of those memes <laughs> you see that dude just holding that lady's eyes open that's what that's from yes <laughs> it's like look at it <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're piecing together what what could have happened between Molly and the kid at, at that point. So, uh, getting back to the, the the couple that have now purchased Lacey's house, do you, we? I I brought this up during the episode with John. Did well, we already know that if someone touches the kid, Bill Skarsgård's character, mm-hmm. they usually go a little crazy or a lot crazy or they end up dying from a whole bunch of cancer. Uh, do you think that it's the same with the picture of him? Like the professor obviously is obsessed with those pictures that he finds those paintings. 
and then goes about killing people. He did ask if the art was included. But he didn't know that that was there. But did he really not? He only saw one painting of the the lake, the quarry and the lake. And then, but wasn't all the all that art of the boy uh, in the basement that was locked? Yeah, that was locked up. Uh-huh. So there'd be no way he would know. He only asked, "Does this house include any of the art?" And I guess that's, the answer was yes. Well, that's we, what I'm curious about, though. I I really think that this might be a loop situation. Ah, okay. So I think there's something else going on there with that guy. So he put all the art there, and then it just—I don't know. Loop went back around. I, d- I don't know. It's it's like Bender in Bender's game. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Um, also, Jackie probably very much touched that man, and she doesn't seem to have gone crazy. That's true. She, I mean, she had to have after one seeing him naked in his room, and yeah, two having him in the in the car with her. Maybe that's why they edit it so weird, so that they don't show him touching anyone else. That way it can be left open, and they focus when somebody does touch him, because that's when it matters. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. we need to look at this. That's true. Because, yeah, how do you go from him being completely naked to them smoking out together to him just, like standing on a rooftop looking like he's going to jump? Yeah, because usually the things for me personally happen in the reverse order. <laughs> <laughs> I always end up naked somewhere after smoking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then, okay. Uh, so then, it's just another different psychosis that the the professor guy suffered from that made him want to kill these adulterers. I call it mm-hmm. murder boner. Murder boner. So that's, does that's Jason the Latin, the Latin name. <laughs> uh, then he starts. He's killing the, uh, the that that couple. His wife walks in on it. They end up working through it as a couple and sawing up the the pieces and getting cleaning up the mess. Well, before that, he stands up and he's kind of pointing like, well, not pointing it at her, but he's standing perfectly still and the knife blade is in his hand by his side, but it's very much, you know, in a firm grip and they're just kind of staring at each other. Mm-hmm. And then we find out, oh no, okay, she's cool with it. She's helping him hide the bodies. He's sawing them up. They're tossing them in the, in the back of the truck or whatever they had, the Jimmy or something. <laughs> so, yeah, like she's definitely an accomplice for him now. And uh, later on, when Henry Deaver comes snooping around, well, that, he's skipping over Jackie part. Yeah, well, yeah. So Jackie comes over and just kind of shows herself in. Um, no manners whatsoever <laughs> and is like hey so like i run the cap thing here and uh we can help each other out you scratch my back i scratch yours and they're like yeah you need to get out of here because because um, <laughs> we're hiding bodies yeah we're doing stuff super secrets girl stuff <laughs> and she could she she gets a bad vibe but she's like okay whatever which is odd that she would get a bad vibe because she's already the self-proclaimed like macabre person of the city well, I don't think her being like her enjoying the macabre things means that she's not going to be like she's not going to feel something weird out of a sense of self-preservation. Yeah, self-preservation. Yeah, but I don't feel like they were really threatening towards her either. I don't know. I think they were kind of sizing her up and be like, "Is this yeah. someone we can kill and get away with?" <laughs> this is a, a, a couple that have a mannequin with an axe in their head in the in the middle of the living room, and those people are not okay. Yeah. yeah, but who, she who was, was the all... last person you met with an axe in the head of a mannequin and thought they were okay? Yes, who was for the last me... person you met that owned a mannequin that you thought was okay? <laughs> for me, that's true. But if I'm Jackie, who's all into it and like, hey, I know what you're trying to depict here. I know that this is the wrong type of axe because it should be a fireman's axe and not a fire cutting axe or a firewood mm-hmm. axe or whatever. Uh, like, I feel like she should she shouldn't have been so weirded out by him. I don't know. I feel like she like met her people for a second and was like oh no 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 i'm not one of those people i have an academic interest in this yes fair enough fair enough (laughs) so she she pieces it together as she's leaving she was like huh there's uh trash bags uh conspicuously placed in the back of this vehicle there's a bracelet on the floor let me taste this red liquid on it this tastes kind of copperish it has a distinct mm. taste of O positive. <laughs> now that's creepy. <laughs> Dude, like, shit, like, why? Why do people do that? I don't. 
Why do they, why do people put anything in their mouth that they don't know what it is? Well, it's you know gas. what? To be fair, I've always wanted to like grab some strange substance with just the tip of my pinky, kind of lick it a little, and then spit it out and say poison. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I get that. I, I'm not gonna fall for it. So then Henry Deaver shows up because he he's going to Lacey's house to find out if there's any new information that he can gather about Bill Sarsgaard's character because he has come back to his house. We even skipped we skipped over everything with Henry. Yeah. Henry finally makes his way out of the Winnebago because Molly came and saved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she because she, she shares in his vision. She like sensed him's location, mm-hmm. which, by the way, that brings me to the uh, other point of the screwdriver from earlier. So Henry, as he's leaving the Winnebago, is like, "Where are the men that were here?" She's like, "I don't know," and like from a different angle, you see that the dude, the well, at least the the black man, the one that had the tonight or had the schism, also. Yes, he is laying there uh, on the stump of wood with a like what well, looks like a screwdriver in his eyeball. I think, I think it was the one of the pokers. It was a poker. Well, that yeah. poker went in deep then. <laughs> into yeah, his skull. I agree. So it was like, what happened here? This there is a story here that we're not being told. I'm curious about whether it was Molly who did this or if it was that that oh, Culkin kid. Good point. You know what? It may have been Molly. I think it was Culkin. No, I, I'm now I'm I'm thinking it was Molly. Why? Because like she's killed before for Henry's sake. Why That's wouldn't true. she do it again? Okay. Mm-hmm. And Culkin was like the kid's the not the kid the man's protege. And was apparently waiting to have the same procedure done to him, too. So, yeah. So then he stopped him. He was like, fuck this. I ain't going to get a poker in my ear. So (laughs) stabbed him in the head. I'm out of here. No, it's poker in the front, liquor in the rear. Ah, okay. So then Henry gets back to his house, finds out that (laughs) Sheriff Pangborn has been killed by his mother, uh... Bill Skarsgård's character still around, but uh, explains to him that she was confused and she she killed Pangborn. Then he runs off because the cops are showing up. His son shows back up and is like, "Hey, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Ma- Grandma told me to go go down to the to the mall." So you know this is this is all the all brand new to him. But we at least we get to know that he's alive, so that's cool. Apparently, he went to the church. That's right. Which- he went to the church. It's just, it, well, like, he was sent to the mall by his grandma at like mm-hmm. the middle of the night, and he went to the church. Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine did, did he go to the mall, and then he was like, "Oh no, this place isn't open at all. My grandma's <laughs> crazy." I don't think we've had an open mall here in twenty years. Yeah, they closed the Woolworths ages ago. <laughs> so he said he slept in the pews too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, and he also mentions like kind of like was a little uh pissed at his dad saying like yeah so like i talked to grandma for like one day and i know more about you now than i have in my whole life yeah Mm -hmm. i was like huh well then tell us like we need to know things i feel like that's not really henry's fault either because i feel like he doesn't know anything about himself and his mother knows more about him just before the point where he went missing those years ago do you guys think that the kid would have had the whole thing happen with the the schisma him hearing the ringing in his ears if he had stayed away Ooh, that's a good. Or is it the place? I think. Are we are we to believe that he's lo- that Henry himself has lost this gizmo? I don't think it's gone from him. I mean, they haven't really touched back on it. The whole thing about being inside that room was that it was supposed to bring him closer to hearing the voice or whatever, right? And it just kind of went nowhere. He was just rescued. He well, said, everything kind of hit the hit the fan as soon as he came out. So we have just haven't had a moment to to. He, he hasn't had a chance to process it. Yeah. Well, at least he does kind of believe Molly a little bit more. At least, yeah, that's true. Well, see, the, the thing is, is that what I was trying to say is that obviously it passed from uh, Reverend Deaver to Henry Deaver while he was in the woods. So maybe that now Henry Deaver has lost it or whatever has passed it on to his son, even though his hmm. son wasn't in the woods. Oh, maybe I mean, it's it, an interesting thing to look at for it. Yeah. Can, like, transfer it over to someone else maybe maybe it got transferred to the bird and the bird hitting the 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 bus then transferred it to his, <laughs> to his son no the, the bus has the schisma now. <laughs> i was like that buzz is ringing like crazy <laughs> so then henry deaver ends up at Lacey's house which now is occupied by the murder b and b and then 
they uh, <laughs> they he goes up to the one of the second floor rooms, sees all the pictures of uh, Bill Skarsgård, wants to ask what it's about, what's going on there, and the dude attacks him. Yeah, real hard. Well, no, real hard. It was he. The the dude tells him, "I think you need to leave." And he starts to kind of back away from him, and he's not turning his back to him. Right. And he gets stabbed from behind by the wife, which That's right. almost looks like it was by accident. Does it though? A it was bit. weird. It looked like he got like poked more than stabbed. Well, yeah. yeah, he was definitely able to move around, so I would say he wasn't stabbed all the way. Yeah, and then that became a scuffle, a kerfuffle, and uh, <laughs> the- <laughs> she then stabs her husband. And then uh, no. he drops to the ground, and then the in their struggle, yeah, she accidentally stabs herself in the throat, and that was my favorite moment of the episode. I'm like, dude, <laughs> how yes. sharp was that knife? Oh, I mean, it's a butcher knife; it should be pretty sharp. I mean, still, it's just like I, she, like, uh oh, <laughs> now I'm dead. Yeah, she died pretty, pretty horribly. That was that was bad. Yeah, she had a rictus grin almost on her face, and then. Uh, <laughs> You know, the husband then discovers that her his wife is dead. Follows Henry down the stairs as Henry's trying to get away, and uh, he pulls Henry out of the car. Has he's on top of Henry with the butcher knife now, trying to stab Henry, and then Jackie Torrance. Yeah, here's Double Johnny. The back. <laughs> but then she didn't have a fireman's axe. Like I honestly thought that she was gonna have a fireman's axe. Like she's like, see, this is the kind of axe that was supposed to be done with. Did she stands up. She has a one liner. <laughs> that was the wrong axe. <laughs> here's the right axe. Like I, that would have been a good moment if it was any other kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So then. Uh, what, once again, the cops come to yet another crime scene where Henry Deaver's at and dead bodies are now at. And he takes off because he's going to find his son? His mom. He, he got called oh, by yeah, the pastor. He got a call, yeah, he got called by the pastor that his mom was was there at the at the church. <clears throat> and was very disoriented. And he was like, oh, I need to go. And he gets in the car, takes off, and then all the deputies are like, whoa, hey, what? come back here. Because, <laughs> yeah, this would be the second crime scene that he'd be leaving so yeah it, it's not a good look no what about like when he was at his house and the cops like like that one cop totally like draws down on him like i was like that's seems much <laughs> i just think the man's got the worst luck in the world he does have pretty bad luck so i mean if he's the devil then that makes sense <laughs> so any anything else that you feel like we didn't cover in this episode that you'd I like to talk the about majority of the stuff. I, I, I just, everything. I don't know. I'm leaning towards the idea of things being cyclical. Uh, and then I don't know if in the, all of those cycle things, if maybe the, the kid, um, Bill Skarsgård, Billy S. Um, <laughs> if he is a holdover from the previous cycle for that or something to that effect, I don't know. Got it. Okay, so we have the the time loop uh, theory from Stephen. We have uh, the Grim Reaper theory from John, and I, I'm gonna stick with the Pet Cemetery theory. Okay, but a wild card zombie bite resurrecting. The <laughs> <dead>. <laughs> Definitely a possibility. <laughs> Definitely a possibility. So uh, here's one thing: Wendell gets off the bus at Jer- Jer- Jerusalem slot, mm-hmm. the setting of Stephen King's vampire novel Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the axe Jackie uses in Gordon's heart, Gordon harks back to the axe used by the her uncle Jack Torrance in The Shining. Hey. And the VW bus that Gordon and Lola are driving bear stickers in the front window indicating the owner is, was a Master Chief Petty Officer E-9 in the U.S. Navy stationed at Naval Station Newport, Rhode Island. It could be assumed they purchased it from him or her since they're Coming from Des Moines, Iowa, the Navy no longer uses these stickers. They should have been scraped off by the Master Chief sold the vehicle. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> did you need? Did anybody else need that part of Navy history? You know what? No. Just no. just out of random curiosity, because it's a Volkswagen bus, and I think that's the kind of vehicle that ran over Stephen King in real life at one point. Oh, really? I wonder if that's a reference to that. It yeah. could be. That'd be really interesting. Maybe it was a Navy Petty yeah, Chief Officer it, that that hit him. That's why it's such an anachronistic like, <laughs> reference is because like, oh, they just wanted to throw it in there. So I mean, then, that'd be a cool one. Pre- <laughs> predictions for the last two episodes, since we're actually going to finally get to the last two episodes. 
Any, any, anything, anything anybody's looking forward to or is expecting? At this point, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. No idea what to expect at this point. Yeah. John? Oh, wow. The guy that hit Stephen King died. (laughs) Of course he did. (laughs) (laughs) Mysteriously. (laughs) Probably had a gypsy curse put on him and he went thinner. There was no it's sign like, of violence or trauma. He was 43 when found dead in his mobile home. Right. Whoa. Full of tumors. <laughs> Full of tumors. <laughs> <laughs> he was touched by King. The kid is King. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. If anybody else has an opinion on uh, this episode, we'd love to hear it. You want to get a hold of me? I am on Twitter as MitchipediaGE. John is also on Twitter as? I am at Magic Bollocks. Steven? You can find me on the internet and other places on the internet at twitter.com slash peppermintgent, G-E-N-T, short for gentlemen. You can also find me on several places on Twitch playing Dungeons & Dragons, Starfinder, and other role-playing games. But just look for me out there on the internet, and I'll tell you where I am. (laughs) There you go. If you'd like to get a hold of the rest of Geek Elite, it is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for uh, archived episodes of this podcast and other <laughs> podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. Wow. I was like, I was the media so, tripped you up there, but that's what it was. It's like, cause I've been say, trying to remember to say media this whole time. I'm like, all right, I've gotten through this whole thing by saying media. And then I was like, I f- totally forgot what I'm supposed to say next. <laughs> uh, but this is the geeks watch on the geek elite media network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. This podcast has been brought to you by cuts by Candace. Candace Giss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candace is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candace on Instagram and start looking the best you you can. <laughs>